Hey everyone, good morning. I want to welcome you to Toronto City Church once again to our online worship experience. Whether you're part of the TCC family, whether you're a guest, whether you're from the GTA, whether you're from somewhere else around the country, around the world, we are so thankful you've chosen to be here with us. We're so excited that we've got to worship together and that we're going to get to go into the Word as well. Now, before I jump into the message, today is a very, very important day. And I'm being a tad self-serving in this, but it is a very important day because it is Father's Day. Now, usually when we have Father's Days here at Toronto State Church, we've got a whole bunch of stuff set up here in the assembly. We have a man zone. We have some gifts. We have some prizes. This year, obviously, being online, it's a little different. But you know what? We still want every father to feel loved, to feel celebrated, to be encouraged today. And so I just want to say to every father listening, thank you. Thank you so much for just the sacrifices you make. Thank you so much for uh, following God, for the way you serve and lead your family. Thank you so much for the way you provide, the way you protect. Thank you so much for putting Jesus first, even by being on this morning. I wanna, I wanna thank you for that here at Toronto City Church. We are thankful for every father. We're thankful for every man who's maybe not yet a father, but going to be a father. We believe, even as we've talked about legacy, that God is raising up men who are gonna be fathers who are gonna leave a legacy. And so we just bless you. We pray you have an amazing day of being celebrated with your family. And we look forward to once we can get back in person next year on Father's Day, we'll just take it even up over a whole nother level and, and, and double the celebration of fathers just like we look to do for mothers. So let me pray for you and then we'll jump into the message. Father, today in Jesus' name, I thank you for every dad. I thank you for every father. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity I have to be a father. Lord, I thank you for every father in this church family, every father, maybe even as a guest that's tuning in. And I just pray for a massive blessing over them today. Thank you that they're gonna have an amazing day of being celebrated. They're gonna have an amazing day with their family. Thank you for even the word today is gonna minister to them and encourage them. Lord, I thank you that, yeah, being a father is tough and it's challenging and and there's battles, but we can do it through Christ who gives us strength. And not only can we do it, it's worth it. It's worth whatever we have to do to be the fathers that you've called us to be. And so we just thank you for this, Lord. We bless every father today in Jesus' name. And everyone who agrees with me said, amen. We are continuing our series called Abba, which in the original language is a word that referred to Father God or Daddy God. It was a word that a a child would call their father. And what we really sensed in this season was we needed to spend several weeks. I mean, it's interesting in that several weeks by itself won't cut it. This is something that 10 years from now, we need to be growing in. 20 years from now, we need to be growing. All through our lives as Christians, we need to be growing in our understanding and our revelation of God as our Father. But what I wanted to do today, again, is we just want to dive a little deeper into just this foundational truth of God's Father heart for us, this foundational truth of his unconditional love for us. You know, last week we spent some time in, in the book of Matthew, and we talked about when Jesus was baptized, and, and he came up, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove, and then the Father spoke over him and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, or this is my Son whom I love and who brings me great joy. And we've talked about the importance of 
relating and knowing God is our Father and hearing him speak those words over us. We've talked about the importance of the revelation of Jesus as our Lord, uh, being baptized with the Holy Spirit. These are key moments in a believer's life, but there's also this key moment where we experience and then we continue to grow in a revelation of God as our Father. And we'd finished off by just encouraging those same words that God spoke over Jesus. He's speaking over us even today that you are my child, I love you, and you bring me great joy. Come on, wherever you are right now, I just want you to say that. Say, I am God's child. I want you to say, he loves me. And I want you to say, I bring him great joy. That's whether you had a good week or a bad week whether you did your devotions or you didn't, whether you've been you know, kind of really nailing everything you're supposed to be nailing or, or just life's kind of sucked right now, it doesn't change the fact that you are a son or a daughter of God, that he loves you and you bring him joy. Now, does he want you to do good? Does he want you to do your devotions? Does he want you to do good? Yeah, of course he does. But he wants to empower you to do those things. And so before we jump into the topic today, because I'm really excited about just diving a little deeper and seeing where the Holy Spirit's going to take us, just let's, let's again, let's put ourselves in a position to receive. Let's take a few moments wherever you are and just whatever that looks like for you, just close your eyes, hold out your hands like you're receiving something, whatever, whatever posture it is for you and let's just welcome Holy Spirit and let's ask God the Father that each one of us will grow in our revelation of him in our lives, amen? And so Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name. Abba, Father. And we thank you that you are our Father, that we are your sons and daughters that you love us, that we bring you great joy. And I, I just pray today in Jesus' name for every person listening in, for every person uh, watching this today, that we will grow in our revelation of you and who you are in our lives, in Jesus' name. Never agree with me, said. Amen, all right, well let's, let's jump to Romans chapter eight today. So we're gonna spend some time in Romans chapter eight. This is an amazing passage written by the Apostle Paul that says so much and gives so much revelation on knowing God as Father, on his Father's love for us. I actually, initially in my notes, I'd planned to get there last week, but we got off on a bit of a Holy Spirit tangent and I never quite got there. So we're gonna get there today. Let's go to Romans eight fourteen to 17. And I'm gonna read this to you from the Passion Translation. Uh, I really love the way the Passion Translation phrases uh, several different aspects of this passage. So let's start in verse 14. And it says this, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying these words of tender affection. Beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost beings, you are God's beloved children. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all of his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined with Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. 
We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his suffering as our own. Now let's start with this passage, guys. There's several things that I want you to see from this. I want you to, the first I want you to see is this whole aspect of the mature children of God are those. So let's talk about being mature children of God. Did you know that even though we are all children of God, that we can be mature children or we can be immature children? We see it here in this passage. We see it again in another part of Romans, a little further down in Romans chapter eight where it talks about all creation is longing for a manifestation. It says the sons of God, really that word is huios, which means the mature sons of God. See, you can be, a, you, we're sons and daughters, but we can be mature or we can be immature. And how are we gonna grow in maturity? Well, it's interesting because it talks about learning to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. And obviously there's many different aspects that would lead into our maturity, but here's what I would say to you today, just based on this theme of what we're going after, one of the key elements of maturing as a son or a daughter of God is maturing in this understanding of his love for us. It is maturing in understanding that we are his son or daughter, that he loves us, that we bring him great joy. This is a key ingredient for maturation in the kingdom, right? God is love. He's created us to be people of love or creatures of love. And so when we get love right, when we receive his love, we walk in his love. That's why we see love is all throughout the scriptures. That's why in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that you can you know, prophesy and you can speak in the tongue of men and angels. And you can give your Bible birth, but if you, have love, if you don't have love, you don't have anything, right? That's what this, it's this whole kind of thread woven throughout the scriptures, particularly the New Testament of the love of God and walking in his love. But see, we mature in love. You know, I, I, I remember hearing someone say this, and uh, it, it made me laugh at the time. It always makes me laugh when I think about it. It says, you can pray in tongues in church, but if you're mean when you leave church, it's not doing you much good. Right, like there's this element of a lot of times the things that we attribute to spiritual maturity, right, God doesn't attribute that the same way. And so right here at the foundation, if we're maturing as sons or daughters, it's maturing in love. Right, it's learning to rest in his love. It's learning to give his love away to others. He wants to mature us in love. Come on, somebody wherever you are right now, say mature in love. Maybe you're listening to me and you've been frustrated by what you feel is your lack of growth in certain things. God, I wanna encourage you. Maybe it's because you're focused on all these other things. If you'll just come back to receiving his love, living in his love, giving his love to others, what does that look like? How do I live that out? Stay in the place of love and you will grow. You know, one of the things that I've noticed in my life is there's things I wanna grow in. I wanna grow in just hearing from God. I wanna grow in revelation. I wanna grow in signs and wonders and healings and miracles. And one of the things that God's just been speaking to me in a fresh way is, listen, if, if you try and focus on all those things, you might be able to get a certain way down the road, but you're not gonna get all the way down the road. But if you will just grow in love, love for me, love from me, loving people. That's why Jesus said, watch, whenever he worked miracles, what did it come out of? He was moved by compassion. Right, love was there, grow in love, grow in compassion. It brings you into a place of being able to grow in all these other things. And so God is maturing us in love. He's maturing us. Guys, even in this season we're in right now, right, the, the, the world around us, they need believers who are maturing in God and maturing in love. Let's grow together, let's mature in him, let's mature in love, and again, it comes right back to this foundation. Even you see it in the context of this passage, it's maturing in our relationship with God, our Father. Come on, somebody wherever you are, say mature in love. 
That's the first thing I want to see from this passage. The second part I want you to focus on is here in verse 15, where it says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. See, so we're talking about maturing in love, and we're talking about maturing in, in relationship with God our Father, in really living in his love, receiving his love, walking his love, and now we're seeing what is kind of the, one of the major enemies to doing that. One of the major enemies to just growing in, receiving in, walking in the love of our Father, having this relationship with him, is this spirit of religious duty leading us back in the fear of never being good enough. So watch this. Number one, the spirit of religious duty. Again, I love this translation, right? There's this place that God wants us to come to again where it's not like we don't have things we want to do for him, but when we have this spirit of religious duty, it's like all the have-tos. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to get this done. I have to pray this much. I have to read my Bible this much. I have to do all these things. And this spirit, it's so easy to fall into this trap of this spirit of religious duty. And it's interesting because it shows us, leading us back into fear. At the root of a spirit of religious duty is a, a root of a spirit of fear. Because it's the spirit of fear of not being enough, not doing enough, not accomplishing enough. Right, and, 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 and it's interesting because you go into the scriptures, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. Right, but if we choose fear, we are always gonna hinder the love of God. Right, the more we grow in love, the more it casts out fear. But if we choose fear, we, it doesn't ultimately like cancel out God's love, it's always there, but it stops us from receiving and flowing it the way we need to. Do you, do you walk in a spirit of love today and receiving the love of your Father and walking in the love of the Father or are you in a place of religious duty? Are you in a place of the have-tos? You know, it's interesting to do, it says leading you back in the fear of never being good enough. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but God wants you to know you're good enough. Yeah, you need to grow, but you're still good enough because he loves you. Yeah, you still need to change in some things, but you're good enough. Yeah, maybe there's some things in your life that you need to, uh, you know, you need to repent from and get sorted out. And I'm not against all those things, but in the middle of it, you don't have to do all those things to become good enough for God to love you. You are already good enough. Your Father loves you, and He wants you to be filled with His love, and He wants to empower you so that you overcome, and so you walk out what He's called you to walk out. So we see that. I love this if we keep reading on. So it says, you've not received a spirit of religious duty, leading you back in the fear of not being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. Right, guys, so often, oh, there's a couple ways we could go with this. So often, and you know, it happens in our church, it happens in other churches. So often when we're not grounded and rooted in God's love, we really struggle to find our place in his family. And a lot of times people, I just feel alone. I don't have anybody. I don't have any friends. I don't have any relationships. And yeah, there's times and places like in our church and every other church, we can grow in even being more, uh, you know, making sure we're not cliquish and in engaging people and bringing people in. So I'm not taking away from that. But I've noticed sometimes there's people, no matter how much you love them, no matter how much you try and reach out to them, no matter how much is good for them, still inside their inner picture is I'm alone, nobody loves me, nobody wants to be a friend. But what I've found is the more I connect with God as my father, the more at ease I am in connecting and being part of family. I know I'm not alone. I know I'm part of his family. 
We talk about this a lot at Toronto City Church, that we're a spiritual family, that there's the revelation of God the Father, and then we're called to do church as family. We're called to live this out as family. But see, you cannot live out a Christianity as part of the koinonia, the fellowship, the family of God, if your revelation of God as your Father is, is broken down or is not there. It starts with the revelation of the Father. A father is the one who brings you into a family. A father is the one who gives you your name. Obviously a father and a mother, but I'm just using this in this picture. There is something about Father God that connects us into family. And I love this too, it's receiving a spirit of full acceptance. God wants you to know today you are accepted in Jesus. You are accepted in him. You are not a misfit. You are not just you know, someone who is just like, oh, he's rolling his eyes at go, well, let him in because I can't come up. But, oh, man, they just mess everything up. No, no, you are accepted, and you've been enfolded into his family. Furthermore, I love this because we got this, not that, and you will never feel orphaned, right? You'll never, so, so there's an interesting concept here because we're, we're talking about recognizing that we're sons and daughters of God, but the opposite of that is living with what we could call an orphan spirit or an orphan mindset, or an orphan mentality, right? So often, guys, and this part we're gonna dive into a little bit in the last section of this message, we struggle with, or we, without even realizing it, buy into an orphan mindset, orphan mentality. What does it mean? Even though we have a father, even though we've been welcomed into the family, even though we, everything he has has been given to us, we still think and live and act like we've all gotta figure it out ourselves, and like we're all alone, and we're not loved, and we're not there because we've bought into an orphan mentality, or orphan mindset, but the more we receive a revelation of God as father, the, the, the more that orphan mentality is driven out of our life and we are able to rest as sons and daughters. Now just pause there because I'm going to go to this orphan mentality in a second. But I love this because going on this passage again, let's just keep breaking it down. It says, the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers, you are God's beloved child. Now remember what I talked to you about last week and just us receiving that revelation of the Father and us receiving that revelation where he speaks over our life and says, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. You bring me great joy. I am well pleased with you. Well, there's an interesting break on this as well now too because we see the Holy Spirit is the one who makes his fatherhood real and he whispers, you are God's beloved child. Today, the Holy Spirit wants to whisper into so many of our lives in a fresh and new way that you are God's beloved child. Come on, you are God's beloved child. The Holy Spirit is speaking that over you right now, whether you can hear it or not. He's saying to you, whoever you are, whatever your name is, wherever you're sitting right now, wherever you are, you are God's beloved child. That is something we need to sit under regularly and we need to receive regularly. You are his child. And I love this last part in verse 17. It says, because we're his children, then we share all of his treasures or we have an inheritance. Right? It's interesting because we are gonna walk, inheritance is all that God has for us. The more we rest as sons or daughters, the more we walk in sonship, the more we will walk in our inheritance. So often, especially in, in certain circles of Christianity and probably the circles we've been in. We could get so focused on our inheritance, but we lose sight of the fact that, no, I, I get this inheritance from my father. So the more I 
dive deep into the love of my father, the more I grow in my relationship with my father, the more I walk as a son or a daughter, the more I'm just gonna naturally walk in my inheritance. See, but it's interesting because if I embrace an orphan mentality, I always feel like I have to fight for my inheritance. I always feel like I have to earn my inheritance. I always feel like I don't deserve my inheritance. But the more I rest as a son or a daughter, the more I just rest in the fact that he's my father. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. This is my family, and this inheritance belongs to me. Healing belongs to me. Provision belongs to me. Wisdom belongs to me. Protection belongs to me. Restoration belongs to me. Joy belongs to me. Righteousness belongs to me. Joy belongs to me. Peace belongs to me. Uh, all these things belong to me because my Father has given them to me. Right, but the dynamic comes down to this. It really comes down to, do we see ourselves as a son or a daughter? Or do we see ourselves as an orphan? Really key, really important, guys. Because many of us, without even realizing it, have embraced an orphan mentality. But God says, I want you to lay aside the orphan mentality. I want you to, to rest as a son or a daughter. Know me as father. Receive my love. So what does it look like, the difference between an orphan mentality or resting as a son or a daughter? I really want to encourage you in a great book on this. It's by Jack Frost, and it's called Moving from Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. And uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can track it down. I, I, we may have a few copies here at the church. I, I, I'm not even sure if we have any left, but you can easily find it on Amazon. You can go find it online. Just, just uh, type in on Google, Jack Frost, uh, Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. But he built a great chart or a great example of this. I'll actually send this out today to the church community. Uh, just as part of our weekly email update, but he built a great chart that compared what orphanship looks like to what sonship looks like, or being a spiritual son or a daughter. So I just wanna run through a few of these things because I think it's good for us just to take some time because we all still battle in different ways with orphan tendencies, right? There's gonna be this lifelong journey of just learning to rest as a son or a daughter rather than being orphan. But see, if we don't even know what this looks like, how would we even know? Many of us are walking with some crazy orphan tendencies and we don't even realize it. We don't even know that God has something different or better for us because we're just so used to living that way. So let's just, let's work through this. So let's talk about several different ways. What's the difference between an orphan and a son or a daughter? Well, let's start with how you see God. An orphan sees God as master, but a son or a daughter sees God as a loving father. Let me ask you today, how do you see God? Now, beyond, beyond the religious rhetoric, right? Belong, we all know what we're supposed to say, but in your heart when push comes to shove, do you just see God as the master, the one who's telling you to do things, telling you not to do things, or have you really received him as loving father? Right, that's what opens the door. Most of us, we don't start there, guys. We start with master, right? We start with, okay, he saved me, I need to do this and that, but God says, I want to actually invite you to know me as father, and that's what opens the door. This now how about our dependency? Orphans are independent and self-reliant. Sons or daughters are interdependent and acknowledge their need. Now it's interesting, it didn't say sons or daughters are dependent. Even though there could be some argument that we need to depend on him in everything at all times, but it talks about this interdependence. See, when we walk in an orphan spirit with our relationship with God and our relationship with our brothers or sisters, we build lots of walls. There's all kinds of walls up because people might hurt me, people might let me down, I can't trust people, so I need to take care of myself, I can't depend on anybody else, so I'm just gonna watch over myself. Well, see, right there, that's an orphan mentality. 
right? But when you're in a family, you understand, hey, we need each other. And there's gonna be times that you serve me and help me out, but there's also gonna be times I serve and help you. We need each other and we need our Heavenly Father. I want you to ask yourself today, do you walk in independence and self-reliance or do you walk in interdependence and acknowledge your need of Him and of one another? You know, it's an interesting element of theology. Uh, orphans live by the love of law. Sons and daughters live by the law of love. See, the love of law, it's all about the rules I need to keep and the things I need to do, and I'm keeping these rules, and you're not, and you should be, and, and there's also, but see, when you come over into being a son or a daughter, it's what Jesus called the law of love, which is, I love God, I love people, I, I, I love everyone I can, and because of this love, I, I, wanna, I wanna do things the right way. It's not because of rules, but it's because of love. I want you to ask yourself today, do you live by the love of law, or do you live by the law of love? How about our security? When you have an orphan mentality, you are very insecure and you always lack peace. Now guys, I know I've been there in different seasons of my life. See, because it's interesting, you can ha walk as a son or a daughter in a certain area of your life, but struggle with an orphan mindset or an orphan mentality in another area of your life. But, but a big part is, do I have peace? Am I secure? When, when you know God's your father and you know he's got you, you have peace, you have security. Right? I don't know about you if you ever had this experience. I, I don't remember an exact example, but I, I can think of different times where a child where I felt so secure because I was with my mother and my father. But especially as a young child, if I got separated from them, all of a sudden you're like, where are they? What's going on? You know, and you can see that with kids. Uh, my father may have forgotten one of us at the mall once or twice over the years and got home to have my mother and my, but we won't go there right now uh, about my father, but uh, we're all okay. None of us are emotionally scarred in the end. We, we made it through okay. But, but yeah, I just had to get a shot at my dad on that one. But here's the whole point is, do you have peace, security, or insecure? What, what's going on? See, so here's what I do, because this is not about, well, I'm a son or oh, you're an orphan. No, no, we all wrestle with this. These become cues along the way. Okay, you start saying, man, I'm insecure. I don't have peace. Okay, then here's what you do. Anytime you see orphan tendencies, dive deep into the love of your father, right? Grow in him. It's not trying harder. It's growing in relationship and letting him flow through you. How about your need for approval? See, orphan, you strive for praise, approval, and acceptance of man. I mean, I think we all like at times to have be approved by others or have people love us, but it's like this striving for it where if you're a son or a daughter, you are totally accepted in God's love and you are justified by his grace, right? There's this peace that comes into you. There's this, this you realize I'm accepted by him. See, but so often we're in striving, we're trying to get people because it's that orphan tendency. Grow in your relationship with your father. Let his love fill you and you're gonna come into a place where you're just accepted in him. You're justified by grace. You realize I didn't earn it, I don't deserve it, but he did it anyway and he wants to do it for you too. Uh, when you're an orphan, your motive for service is a need for personal achievement as you seek to impress God and others. You ever been there? I've been there. I'm trying to impress people by my spirituality. I'm trying to impress people by my prayer or by my worship. And sometimes I don't even mean to. It's a subconscious thing, but that's that orphan mentality. 
Or the other side is sometimes the nerve material, or there's just no motivation to serve at all. And it's actually just there's this cycle you go through. You go through a cycle of really trying to prove yourself and trying to earn it, but then you end up burning out, and then you don't want to serve, you don't want to do anything, and after a while you feel guilty about not serving and not doing anything, so you kind of ramp yourself back up, and I'm going to show God, and I'm going to show people. And it's interesting, because usually when you're in this cycle, you always judge others when they're not as spiritual as you are. Or if you get in the bottom end of the cycle, you judge others because they think they're so spiritual. See, God wants to get you out of that cycle altogether, and he just wants to get you into a place where as a son or a daughter, service is motivated by deep gratitude for being unconditionally loved and accepted by God. It's like, man, God, you love me. You saved me. Thank you so much. What can I do for you? I'm not busy comparing myself to others or questioning why someone, so I'm just thankful and I just want to serve. That's with sons and daughters. See, it's not about not serving God. But we are sons and daughters who serve out of thanksgiving. How about our motive for Christian disciplines? If you're an orphan, it's duty. It's earning God's favor. Again, this cycle, I'm going to earn God's favor. I'm going to pray this much. I'm going to fast this much. I'm going to do all these things so I can earn it. And then you burn out, so you end up in the second part, which you have no motivation at all. And again, you go through this orphan cycle. God wants you to break free from that orphan cycle because when you're a son or a daughter, it's just a pleasure and a delight to be with God. You don't have to read your Bible. You get to read your Bible. You don't have to pray. You get to pray. I mean, it's not always like it's just, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy, you know, cake and truffles or whatever else. I mean, times you still push through, but you're happy to do it because you're resting as a son or a daughter. How about your motive for purity? As an orphan, you must be holy to have God's favor. And there's this constant sense of shame and guilt. I have to have this. I'm not doing it. I got to do better. See, when you're a son or a daughter, you want to be holy because you don't want to do anything that's going to hurt your relationship with him. You don't want to do anything that's going to hurt his heart. Right? It's not a have to. It's, it's a holiness. But see, again, hear me, guys. If anything I'm saying in the orphan tendencies is kind of hitting you, you don't beat yourself up. Don't try harder. Just go before God and say, God, I need to know more that I'm a son or a daughter. God, I need to receive more of your love for me. All right, let's look at a few more things really quickly. Your self-image. If you're an orphan, you deal with a lot of self-rejection because you're always comparing yourself to others, whether you're better or whether you're not. When you're a son or a daughter, you are positive and affirmed because you know you have value to God. You know, God loves me. Somebody else doesn't love you. Okay, well, I don't like it, but God loves me. So that's my foundation. I'm not gonna get rocked because someone didn't love me or someone said something mean in my comments on Instagram or Facebook or someone just didn't like me because I was, listen, I'm loved by God. God loves me. God thinks I'm amazing. He's my dad. So maybe you don't like me very much. I, I wish you did, but God likes me, so I'm good with that. You know what I mean? There's this rest and this thing that comes when you have that. How about source of comfort? As an orphan, you seek comfort in counterfeit affections, addictions, compulsions, escapism, busyness, hyper-religious activities, right? There's all these, guys, there's so much that you look at where there's battles with addictions. You're going through some things yourself and it's like this cycle of guilt and shame and addiction. Here's how you break free. As a son or a daughter, you seek times of quietness and solitude to rest in the Father's presence and his love for you, right? You're not, you're not trying to medicate and trying to get comfort from all these different things. You learn to get your comfort from him. 
peer relationships. When you're an orphan, there's competition, rivalry, jealousy uh, towards other success and position. You always, and you don't even want it there sometimes. I, I've been in seasons in my life where I was struggling with orphan mentalities and I was jealous of others of their success. I was struggling with how come they're doing really well and I don't seem to be right now. But when I move over to be a son or a daughter, what happens is there's a humility and a unity as you value others and you're able to rejoice in their blessing and success. Why? Because we're all sons and daughters. I have an inheritance. I trust my father where he's leading me. And I'm not gonna be jealous of you walking in the inheritance that God has for you with mine. And maybe I haven't seen some of it yet, but I know my father's gonna bring it to me, right? There's this rest that comes. Handling others' faults. As an orphan, there's accusation and exposure in order to make yourself look good by making others look bad. Right against this comparison trap. And, And have you ever been there? Like, let's be really honest right now where you almost were inwardly glad when somebody else went through, uh, 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 like ended up falling on their face or looking bad because somehow it made you look better? I mean, I know we don't want to admit these things, but see, when you're a son or a daughter, love covers as you seek to restore others in a spirit of love and gentleness, right? Because you're, you're a son, you're, you're, you have the same heart as your father. You're a daughter, you have the same heart as your father. How about your view of authority? We're almost done here. View of authority. Orphans see authority as a source of pain, are distrustful towards them, and lack the heart attitude of submission. Sons and daughters are respectful and honoring and see authority as ministers of God for good in their life. Now, obviously, there's a whole lot we could unpackage here. I know people, we've had bad experiences with authority, and I'm not saying we just give every authority figure a carte blanche. We still need to stand for truth and righteousness in situations, but it's talking about a heart situation. When you're an orphan mentality, you start from a place of distrust. But when you're a son or a daughter, you're aligned with God. You know, he's protecting you. He's watching over you. And you trust him to keep you. And then you can walk with honor and love towards everyone in your life. How about your view of admonition? As an orphan, you have difficulty receiving admonition. That's like correction. You must be right so you can easily get, and you, you, you can easily get your feelings hurt and close your spirit to discipline. Right? A- anyone been there besides me? Anyone done that? You don't, you don't like getting corrected? You, your feelings get hurt really easy? You're really insecure? See, when you're a son or a daughter, you see the need to receive admonition as a blessing and need in your life so that your faults and weaknesses can be exposed and put to death. Right? I, I remember going through this because there's years, oh man, if someone would point out something I did wrong or someone would kind of correct me, oh, I'd take it so hard. And, but, but part of it was because I had this orphan mentality. The more I grew as a son or a daughter, Number one, I know I'm not perfect. I want to grow. And if someone can help point something out to me, it doesn't, my failure in that does not determine my self-worth because my self-worth comes from my father. And then I just want to grow. See, but again, if you're listening, you're going, oh man, yeah, I really struggle with that. Don't try harder. Dive deeper into the love of your father because that's what brings alignment and change. I'm obviously, no one ever fully likes probably being told they're wrong or realizing you totally botched something or made a mistake, but you're secure in the love of your father as you walk through it. So you don't get defensive. You don't don't take it so hard that it just like totally sidetracks you, right? Because you're secure in the love of your father. How about your expression of love? Uh, If you're an orphan, it's guarded and conditional. It's based on the performance as you seek to get your own needs met. 
So in other words, you meet my needs. I need my needs met, and so I'm gonna be guarded. I'll give love to you if you meet these needs, and if you do this, right? You're very guarded about you. Again, we talked about those walls. But see, when you're a son or a daughter, you're open, you're patient, and you're affectionate as you lay down your life and agendas in order to meet the needs of others. When you're an orphan, it's all about what's this gonna do for me? When you're a son or daughter, it's what can I do for you? You say, yeah, but someone might take advantage of that. Okay, well, number one, I'm not gonna be stupid about it. I'm not gonna just put myself out there in that way. I'm gonna be wise. But number two, even if someone did take advantage of my love, there's more where that came from. I've got the father who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, who is the king of the universe. He can protect me, watch over me, guard me, and keep me, and I'm just gonna love and follow him. See, that's the son or daughter's mentality. Right, come on, somebody say, there's more where that came from. Right, orphans have a lack mindset. It's like, no, we gotta hold on to. Sons and daughters realize, man, there's more where that came from. They have an abundance mentality. Um, Real quick, let me bring this to a close. Sense of God's presence. Orphans, it's very conditional and it's very distant, but a son or daughter, it's close and it's intimate. If you're struggling with God feeling far, what I would suggest to you today is again, ask the Lord, show me, okay, what am I believing that you said you never leave me or forsake me and you're right with me, so why would I feel you're far? What's going on in here? What's going on in here? Help me to see this. Uh, Your position, uh, an orphan is a position of bondage, but a son or daughter is a position of liberty. You know, it's interesting, when you have an orphan mentality, even though you're free, you can live as if you're not because of what you believe. It's interesting, you look at the two sons with the prodigal father and the prodigal son, right? We all know the first son went away, wasted all the wealth, came home, but it's interesting, the other son who was still in the house the entire time was just as far from his father's heart as the first son. We can live in that place with an orphan mentality. Uh, Vision, an orphan has a vision uh, of spiritual ambition, the earnest desire to some spiritual achievement and distinction and the willingness to strive for it, the desire to be seen and counted among the mature. A son or daughter, they daily experience the father's unconditional love and acceptance and then are sent as representative of his love to family and to others. In other words, when you're a son or daughter, you understand, listen, I already got a seat at the table. I just need to love people and do whatever my father asks me to do. I don't have to strive and fight for distinction. And you know what's interesting? Because even when I read this about vision, I can see so often in my life where I'd struggle with this. I can see times now where it pops up in different ways. It's an ongoing journey, guys. But let's continue in this ongoing journey as sons and daughters. Last but not least, future. As an orphan, it's fight for what you get. Right? As an orphan, it's like, I gotta make my way. I gotta make this happen. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this. Well, you're a son or a daughter. You go, no, no, this is from my father. This is his inheritance. And you walk in that. See, again, let me say as we bring this to a close, there was quite a bit I hit you with there. And I'm gonna send out this chart so you can look over it and you can read over it and you can pray over it. But guys, I would dare say all of us need to grow even during this season. All of us have some orphan tendencies. Maybe there's areas we've grown in certain things and we've come far in areas, but is there some other things that the Lord would want to speak to us in this season that we would go on a continued journey of receiving our Father's love, of knowing who we are in Him, and walking in that. You know, it's interesting. Actually, I went through a cycle of growing deeper. I'll just share a personal story with you of growing deeper in the Father's love just recently. It was actually some real cool ministry opportunity I had to receive uh, Emma Stark. Maybe you know Prophet Emma Stark. And so we've been able to connect a little bit build some relationship and she did a ministry time with me which was really powerful and one of the things because I was trying to unpack some things in my life because you know I'm pastoring loving God serving the church uh, you know lots of good things are going on but I still need to grow I've not arrived 
right? I have not reached the finish line yet and I wanna grow in these things. And, and there was a mindset, there was some things I kept running into internally in my heart. And I was seeking the Lord about it and I had some good conversations with her and she was help, able to help me put the finger on things. But here's one of my internal statements that I always make. I would always say, uh, and it's truly, this is kind of a mindset for me. I always would say, uh, I may not be the smartest, I may not be the most talented, I may not be the best looking, but nobody's gonna outwork me. Right now, that sounds good on one level, doesn't it, right? That's a good, yeah, no one's gonna outwork me. It kind of came in a certain degree, uh, one of the formative things in my life was just going up playing basketball, especially as a high school, because I was that guy who had to work twice as hard as everybody else just to make the team, and it was, you know, so it built a work ethic in me, it built a tenacity, but, but what I was able to put a finger on was I started to realize, ah, there's some orphan tendencies in the way I'm approaching that. Now, I'm not against not working hard, but, but what I realized was I realized there was still this mindset in me, I gotta work to make this happen. Uh, and, and also, notice the comparison that comes in that? Nobody's gonna outwork me, right? It wasn't like, you know what? God loves me, Jesus saved me, and I wanna give everything I can to him, right? Like, notice the difference, that could be a son or daughter. Notice where my mindset was, in many ways, and this was subconscious, I didn't realize this, but I may not be as good at people as this. I'm at comparison, 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 but nobody's gonna outwork me. I'm gonna be better than everybody at this. I'm gonna earn my with God. And it was interesting because one of the ways it manifested, and, and, and I came in just a personal ministry time, I came to see this, uh, was I, I, I've always had this picture. I, I probably, there was this picture in me. If Jesus walked in the room, like I ever had a vision, I knew exactly what I'd do. I would give him the biggest hug and I would cry and I would say, I'm sorry, I didn't do enough. I'm sorry, I'm not doing enough. I, I, could, I could witness to more people, I could, I could do more. I've not done enough. And I came to realize that's, that's not what Jesus, where Jesus would want me to be. That, that's an orphan mentality. I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough. Like, yeah, I know you love me, but, but I'm not doing enough. And, and part of even through this ministry time, and it's actually something, to be honest with you, I'm still unpackaging in different ways, is I'm no longer in my heart in a place where, well, I'm not as much as this or that, but no one's gonna outwork me. I'm just in a place where I'm just like, oh God, just, I wanna receive your love. Thank you for loving me. And I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna do my best. And, and help me where I'm weak. Help me to do better. Every day, just help me to grow. Right? It, it, so obviously I'm sharing something very personal with you, but I, I, I felt to share it because, you know, maybe, maybe you're not saying what I was saying, but what are you saying that is an orphan mentality where God wants to bring you into a place of sonship or daughtership? What is it for you? Like even go over this list. Maybe some of you are checking off everything on the list. That's okay. Just make a decision today. I'm going on this journey of being a son or a daughter. Right, for myself. It's I'm going on this journey. Right, I, I, I'm growing in it. You grow in it. Let's grow in it together. Let's grow because it's interesting. When we talked about 
And just bringing this to a close, guys, in Romans chapter eight, it talks about, remember we were talking about maturing at the start of this message, talking about maturing? And then if we go in verse 18, Romans 8, 18, it says, and I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of the glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on its tiptoes, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. That's that word huios, the mature sons and daughters. Guys, it's not just God wants us to mature in love for us, but he also needs us to mature in love for the world because the world needs to see mature sons and daughters and we don't mature by doing more. We don't mature by trying harder. We don't mature by comparing ourselves to others. We are going to mature by receiving his love. We cannot do this in our own strength. We cannot do it in ourselves. So let's just stop trying and let's just throw our hands wide and let's just receive the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God that just pours into our lives where he says it's not just about you. It's about me in you and me through you and I love you and will you receive my love and will you take my love to the world let me just read Romans 8 31 to 39 prophetically over you as we bring this to a close so what does all this mean if God is determined to stand with us tell me who could ever stand against us for God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure the gift of his son and since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one. I jumped to verse 35. Absolutely no one, for nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to become, become between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats, or COVID? I threw that in there. No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God, we are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love which he lavished upon us through Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And everyone who agrees with me to they said, amen. Amen to the word of the Lord. Amen to the fact that you and I are sons or daughters. Amen to the fact that he has received us. And I just want to close in prayer here, guys, once again. And I want to pray that each one of us will just dive deep into sonship and daughtership. I'm going to pray the Lord will show us every area of our life where there are orphan mentalities. And he'll cause us to just grow in him in a new way and that we will mature as sons and daughters. Come on, let's just pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this day. Thank you for this word to us. Thank you for the love of the Father, your love for us. And I pray that each one of us, once again today, will just experience this in a fresh and a new way. Lord, I pray that you show us every area of our life where there are orphan mentalities. And that we won't go into guilt and shame over it, We'll just go, okay, well, I need to grow in the relationship with my father. Oh, I'm seeing an orphan mentality. I don't need to try harder. I need to yield more to the Holy Spirit. 
and I need to receive a fresh filling of the love of my Father. And so I thank you for taking us on this journey in Jesus' name. Father, we today being Father's Day, bless every father. God, thank you for every man of God in our church who is a father, those who will be fathers in the future. I, I pray even today for a fresh revelation of Father God in their life that empowers them to be the best fathers that they can be. We do not have to do this in our own strength. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Heaven agreed said, amen. All right, well, thanks for just diving into that with me today. I really pray and I really believe that it's not just about a nice message, but there was an impartation today, an impartation last week. There'll be an impartation next week when Pastor Samuel brings the word. That is going to give us an opportunity. It's an impartation that will lead an opportunity for us to go deeper in the Father's love. So but I wanna thank you just for joining in today. And I wanna give one last call if there's anybody today who does not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So the Bible says that God loves us with an everlasting love, but we've been separated from that love because of sin. Because of sin and the separation it brings, we deserve punishment. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but that's the bad news, there's the good news. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus came, he died, he rose again. He said, if you'll turn your back on sin, you'll put your faith and trust in me. I will forgive you of sin, I will set you free. I will fill you with my spirit and you now can follow me. And only that, but it says, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Instead of eternal judgment, right? Instead of death, we have eternal life in him. So if you need that today, if you need to give your life to Christ or give your life back to Christ, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my life to you. Forgive me. Fill me, free me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I want you to know. If you prayed that prayer today from your heart, the Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You are saved. You've committed your life to him. But it's also an open door to a journey with him, and we want to be part with you on that journey. Can you just reach out, hit the button on the screen, email us, let us know you made this decision. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you and we want to walk with you as you follow Jesus in your life. All right, well, again, thank you for being with us today. Dads, happy Father's Day. I hope you have an amazing day of being celebrated and just enjoying time with your family. We love you guys. God bless you.